You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Erica. I'm Chris. And this is the Earn and Invest Podcast. When Katie and I got married, we didn't perseverate on money. She came from a poor family and navigated through life with an eye on frugality. I came from a wealthier family and thought in terms of assets and cash flow. We started out married life with little, but that changed quickly. And yet, our money conversations didn't likewise evolve. With almost no fanfare, one morning, I transferred almost every cent of our cash and investments into Katie's name. There was a malpractice crisis out there and plaintiff's lawyers could easily surpass my insurance limits and go after my personal assets, but they couldn't touch Katie's. It was a tremendously vulnerable and most would agree stupid thing to do. Heck, up to 50% of marriages end in divorce and often acrimoniously. It worked out for us, but how do you know what will work out for you, whether it be a prenup, separate bank accounts, or building a joint business? It helps to remember that when you say, I do, you are doing it for better and worth. Chris and Erica Young are the creators of the podcast For Better and Worth, where they teach that you don't have to sacrifice your relationship to build your net worth. Chris and Erica, welcome to Earn and Invest. Chris, I'm going to jump right in here with a difficult question. I apologize, but that's kind of my style. Tell me when was the last time you and Erica had a knockdown, drag out argument about money and what was it about? Oh, man. This is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knockdown, drag out, you know, people think people have an image of what that looks like. And what I'll say is that Erica and I don't, we don't operate like that. We won't have knockdown, drag outs. We definitely disagree about things, about how we approach things sometimes. but. You know, we are approaching some renovations here at home. <laughs> and what got us to the point of even doing renovations, I came home and I was like, we're moving. Because I went, I saw a new house and I was like, oh, that's it. I don't want to do anything. I want to move. And she was like, huh? And so that really started the conversation because I was talking about moving and potentially, you know, increasing our mortgage debt when we're close to being like close to being paid off with our mortgage, just a little bit to go. And so uh, I had to press pause. And in pressing pause, we started talking about, okay, well, maybe we should just renovate the things that we don't like um, and the things that we need to change. And even that conversation wasn't just seamless because, you know, I'm grandiose. I want to do it all. <laughs> I want to get in there. I want to just, you know, start over. I want to be fresh. And Erica is like, well, hold on, you know, we need to really consider what we're going to do. And so that that's probably one of the most recent things that people would probably consider a knockout drag out. Yeah. And I think that we were going to have a knockout drag out if things did not change. Like if he was going to be bulldozing down the path of we're going to move or we're going to do all these things, that would have been challenging. So I'm I'm really thankful that he listened to my point of view. And didn't just say, you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to go do this. We, this house is old. It's time to get something new and fresh. Because I think that's the key in most relationships when you're really discussing intense or 
you know, really impactful conversations that you actually hear one another. You don't listen to speak. You listen to let them know that they have been heard and to understand. And and he did that. And then we actually have really been able to have much more fruitful conversations that instead of ones that will actually lead to somebody, you know, knocking them, dragging them out. Take <laughs> your bag. We're going. <laughs> so, Erica, you know, this is something I feel like we grow into. I'm thinking about Katie and I. We've been married for 23 years. You guys have had kids, what, in college and through. So you've been married probably a similar amount of time. Talk about how it was when you first met. Were you aligned with money when you started your relationship? We were aligned in that we wanted something different. We we had no idea what that looked like. We aligned that we were going to try and figure out how to get out of debt. And we were scared about, you know, how to have money conversations. Um, we really did not want to discuss, you know, how we got to where we were. But the truth is that we handled a lot of the hard and scary parts in premarital counsel before we even, you know, actually tied the knot. And so in that regard... If we were uncomfortable or if there was something that we couldn't handle, we knew before we actually got married, even six months before we got married. And so I think that that was the one thing that was super helpful was to do that before we actually said, I do. And that's when we actually exchanged credit reports and faced the truth of what we each were bringing to the table in terms of a liability. And then that forced us to have conversations that definitely were uncomfortable, but necessary in the moment. Here, Here's a bit of honesty and a moment of vulnerability. I think uh, when we first started out, because we were young and we weren't set in a particular way of doing things or approaching things, we both had an open mind. And I really believe that when you get older and you get more established, and you're in a relationship where you have your money, your house, you know, what you're doing, there's less of that compromise that people are willing to make. And so I found I found that to be a benefit for Erica and I, because we were young, both recently out of school, and we were like, look, you know, you don't have a lot, I don't have a lot. You got debt, I've got debt, but we want to go somewhere. And it was that level setting that I believe was a foundational pillar for us that allowed us to set that and then begin to put blocks upon that and build from there. Chris, you make it sound like you both were somewhat of blank canvases, but I imagine too, we carry with us some of those money scripts we got from our parents. Chris, talk to me about the modeling you received from your parents and maybe Erica can tell us what she kind of got growing up to, but let's start with you, Chris. I think uh, if you look at my life as a, as a young kid, young man growing up, my life was very similar to the lives of a lot of people out there. I grew up in the inner city of Detroit, a single parent home where my mother was the sole provider with a father that really was absent and wasn't making contributions to our household. And so what I learned early on from my mom is that she did everything she could to provide the basics, you know, food, clothing, shelter, transportation, and maybe a little bit beyond. And what she taught me is that, look, you better develop a work ethic that will allow you to do the things that you want to do beyond what I'm able to do for you. Did and you so, explicitly talk about money with your mom? We, you know what? I don't know that we explicitly talked about money, but I saw a lot of what was going on because my mom was old school. She had a check register and she would sit there and she would write out checks and she would fill in her check register. And I would see her like take an envelope and just kind of write out a quick budget on an envelope. Like, here's what has to be paid. Here's what I have coming in. And so that was a rudimentary budget, but all the same, it was a budget. And though she didn't talk about it, I observed it. And I think it's that observation that helped establish some patterns in me that said, okay, well, I see she's trying to, you know, make ends meet, but the ends are getting a long, a little bit longer than the meat. <laughs> and so then there's sometimes she's like, well, we can't do this or we can't do that. And so I learned how to say yes to what really mattered to me if I was going to ask for something extra versus the things that didn't really matter. So when I came to her and presented her with something, it was something that I was invested in, or it was something that I really wanted to get her buy-in. So it, it taught me early on how to say, Yes to this and no to that. And that's where I think a lot of us today 
that's where we go wrong because we want to say yes to everything and make everything matter when only certain things should sometimes matter. Yeah. I think that's really a good point too, that you make that there weren't necessarily conversations about money. I, I definitely didn't learn that I had to budget or I needed to use a check register because my mother said it. I, I too lived in a single parent household and that was not something that we talked about. It, I think that more and more here recently, this is something that we find that we really need to talk about and discuss. But back in the day, that was just not something. Matter of fact, it was potentially considered rude, <laughs> um, unscrupulous. Like, don't go there. These are certain subjects that we don't talk about. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about money. We definitely don't talk about politics. And now there's so many more platforms to be able to do these things and to learn on your own, the books that you read and podcasts that you, that you might listen to, right? And that is, I think, because the information is so much more widespread, it gives people an outlet and an avenue to do that. But no, I I personally did not have these conversations with my mother. I heard more messaging. I heard more, you know, wait till payday. I also heard, you know, um, we're going to go, you know, shopping on this day, hold off on dining out. We can't go out to eat, make what's in the refrigerator. I heard more of those things where you had to make the adjustments. And I definitely saw my mother very faithfully write down on a little card, little note card, she would always write down what needed to be paid and things like that. I definitely saw her diligence there. And she still to this day does that. She was just with us a couple months ago or a month ago, and she was writing out her bills, just making sure because she was with us for almost three weeks. And she just was, you know, doing her little thing with her numbers and writing everything down. And I think that diligence and faithfulness is certainly probably something that I, you know, wanted to take into my life, but I didn't at the time, I certainly didn't realize that that was something that was important or a necessary part of financial management, if you will. Growing up, it was a uh, stay out of grown folks business. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting, actually. I believe if I've read you both correctly, all three of us were brought up in mother-centered households, which I guess is interesting given the fact that what we're now talking about is communication and money, maybe something that we learned from yep. kind of growing up under those circumstances. So I want to get into this podcast for better and worth and about having money conversations with our spouses, our mates, family members, etc. But Chris, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. I know Erica, right? Earn investors know Erica because she's been on the show. She's a financial coach. Um, she's been a creator in this space and a teacher for a long time. Tell us about you, Chris. Um, what are your credentials? Why why should we I I know about Erica. Why should we be listening to you about money and relationships? Well, here here's what's interesting, Doc G, is though Erica has taken this as a a career path and a journey and she spent the last 18 years doing it, we have been in parallel in these conversations and these discussions. And so we we were on the same page about getting out of debt. And I actually helped push her along early on. We got married to get on the journey. And so she almost had to come in alignment with me early on. We had some conversations about, you know, doing something different because when we got married, I told Erica, I said, listen, you know, I really wanted something that was different. And as a couple, I, I still have it to this day. We've been married. It'll be 25 years this year. And we had a one page PowerPoint that we wrote like 10 things down on about what we wanted our future to look like. And that piece, that piece of paper is literally 25 years old and I still have it to mm -hmm. this day. And so, you know, I feel like as a husband, part of my role is to help establish vision for my home and for my household. And so we got on the same page and we worked through the plan of getting out of debt, creating generational wealth, doing some different things. and and thankful to God that he put us in a position where Erica could leave her corporate career and then pursue this work full time. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to drop some credentials on you, Doc G, <laughs> because I have worked in the corporate arena for 25 years. I have been in, you know, individual contributor, you know, leadership roles, director roles. I've gone to school. I've got an MBA. So, you know, Erica will walk walked through me, walked with me through that portion of it. I say she's got an honorary MBA. True. Because uh that was the toughest time of our life together. But we have not 
done this individually. We have been on this route and we've done this work together. And so we 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 walk the walk and we talk the talk. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know what? The other thing is one big piece of credential that Chris has is that in the beginning, I was not on board necessarily with stopping credit card usage. He took the credit cards away from me that I was (laughs) using as an engineer to go and have lunch with my coworkers on because what he said was going into debt or continuing to use debt, continuing to be a consumer in that way is sabotaging our ability to get free of debt. And I didn't see that puzzle piece fitting together. And so he took his own credit cards. He took my credit cards, put them in a bowl, put some water in it, and literally (laughs) put it in the freezer to to keep them away from us as a physical representation of the fact that we're not doing this anymore. And this was before you put all of your credit card information into your Amazon account and all of that. This was, you know, literally an old school tactic that really worked. And I think that that determination, that focus, and that vision is what honestly spurred me down the path of really one being on the same page, but then also making a career out of it. Yeah, that's that's what I call freezing your credit. <laughs> we did it ourselves. They didn't do it. We did Absolutely. it ourselves. Absolutely. But I also think that, you know, people enter marriage with misconceptions because they don't enter marriages or relationships with the intent of helping to always support the other people want to push their own agendas forward, you know, and I could have easily said, well, you know, well, I helped start this. I got Erica on the pathway. That's just not my character because this is my partner and I have respect for her. I value her input. I value what she brings to the table. And so when I was able to put her in a position to go and do that, I said, Hey, you go out and do this. And I was off on my corporate journey doing the things I needed to do to grow and increase my income there and make sure that while she built her business, I could, you know, take care of our family and sustain us in that manner because it is a partnership. Yep. Give and take. I want to jump into that idea of partnership as we talk more about the podcast for better and worth. Eric, I've heard you guys say this multiple times in different episodes. You don't have to sacrifice your relationship to build your net worth. Why does this sentiment resonate so much with you? Because again, it's something I hear you repeat on the show. Yeah, it's so important that we realize that having a good relationship is not independent of actually having a solid financial future and or living a good life, which requires money. I think a lot of times people will say, if we're going to go after the money, somebody ends up being steamrolled or it's going to be one person's opinion or, you know, it doesn't matter if if the other person isn't frugal, we're going to go do this. And we can have both. I think it's important that people know that they can have a solid relationship and they can talk about money matters and they can have the kind of financial future that they can be proud of in addition to knowing that their relationships. I think people people really think about the fact that it could be one or the other. They can't necessarily have both. And our marriage vows, our marriage vows say for better or worse, worse, it doesn't say worth. It says worse, <laughs> right? For better or worse. And it's like, well, hold on. I know that there will be bad times. I know that everything isn't going to be perfect. I get all that, but I am not only committed to you, I am also committed to leaving a legacy. I am not only committed to helping us both succeed today, I'm committed to a long-term future. And so it can be both for better and worse. And I think that we all benefit when we see that we don't have to sacrifice either one of those. I think people will become accustomed to feeling like they have to sacrifice, hmm. like they can't have both. And when we came up with for better and worth, it was like, yeah, why, why, sh- why can't you have both of those things instead of feeling like like those traditional vials like Erica just repeated? Like there's going to be challenges, you know, so you have to be committed to be in it for good or bad, you know, in different of circumstance. But we really felt like. If people change the mentality around how they start out, how they approach the relationship, then they will be able to see that, wait a minute, there may be good things, there may be bad things, but no matter what, we can stay in a partnership 
No one person is going to dictate mm-hmm. how we move or what we do, because if there's one income earner that's higher than the other, they feel free to go and spend and do whatever they want without being accountable to someone else. And so we want people to realize that, hey, if you take into account that you're committed to having a relationship where we grow together, because as you get older, people change, but you have to adjust and adapt and you stay committed to growing together. You can work at the relationship piece of it and you can work at eliminating debt, you know, getting your credit built in the way that's going to be beneficial and you can work at creating a net worth. And that's why we just want to do this podcast, because we want people to learn from some of our mistakes, some of the stupid things that we've done and they don't have to do. And we can continue to, you know, I look over, I still say, hey, I love you (laughs) and I like you. (laughs) And I would I would also say I feel like there's there's so many examples of people who haven't stood the test of time. And I'm not saying that we're perfect or anything like that, but it's really easy to look for those examples of people who haven't been able to make it, you know, the 25 years. And we tend to have this detrimental (laughs) attitude, like, well, hey, if we get there and I'm like, you can, you just have to be very intentional, right? You have to be intentional. You have to be committed to that person, committed to the future and don't look for perfection. We're just looking for progress over perfection because is this thing perfect? No, but Are we progressing? Absolutely. Do things get better in certain areas every day? Absolutely. And do we trip over ourselves? Sure, because everybody does. And I think that just knowing that the journey can be beautiful in addition to the destination, that's what it's all about. Erica, I want to talk about how we do trip over ourselves. Um, There are some major hurdles young couples face that really kind of speaks to building and growing your relationship together. I guess the first is debt. Tell me a little about your debt story and and how does debt get in the way of kind of making the relationship work? Yeah. My debt story obviously includes Chris. I mean, we both came into our relationship with student loan debt, car debt, credit card debt totaled in, you know, walking down the aisle, we had about $60,000 in debt. And then we got, pregnant pretty quickly (laughs) with our first child and then at our second. And over the course of the first five years of our marriage itself, we had to pay off $90,000 in debt between all of those items, half of which was our student loans. And then, you know, the bulk of the rest of that was also, you know, some some car debt. And I think that that's normal. (laughs) For a lot of people, they can't even see their life without a car payment. First of all, they can't see that it's possible to own a vehicle outright. For a lot of people, they don't understand what it's like to not use other people's money in terms of credit card usage. And the, the way that we spend our credit limits and, you know, what we're purchasing and things like that can be sources of contention. Not to mention the fact that everybody believes that it's just simply normal to have a student loan. And so these things are compounded and it adds up. And so we were above average back then. Like people didn't have $90,000 in debt back in the day. Today, it's easy to have $90,000 in student loan debt all by itself because we've normalized the fact that debt usage is just something that people always have. The problem comes when we are, as couples, spending behind one another's backs. We don't have a, a game plan and we're spiraling because a lot of times if we do nothing, we'll continue to just go into debt because you have to really play solid defense in order to get out of debt. You can't wander out of debt. And so it causes stress. You know, can I make this payment? Oh, no, this came out sooner than we thought. We're overdrafted. And then these people are making a hundred grand. <laughs> they're making good money, six figure incomes and overdrafting accounts because they're not clear. They don't have a budget. They are not understanding how much there's, you know, credit card debt or student loan debt total to. They're assuming that a car payment will always be a part of their life. And they're meandering through life with no game plan. And if you do that, one, you can't tell me that that's not stressful. It absolutely weighs on you to know that you have payments. And ours in total at one point was about $1,200 a month. That's not something that you can miss, right? And we started dreaming about what could we do with $1,200 a month? Literally, what could change if we had that back into our pocket? What would be different if we weren't putting out 
a few hundred dollars a month in interest payments, right? When you start thinking like that, you're like, wait a minute, $1,200 is a significant sum today. Even back in the day, that was, you know, a significant sum. And so when you start thinking about what's possible, then it just gets exciting. Like, it's like, wait a minute, I can, I can invest this or we can go take a trip. I mean, that's a, that's over $10,000 a year. Come on. There, that just, that's almost $15,000 a year that you can put towards something. And even if you don't invest at all, like that's a $5,000 vacation and $10,000 for, you know, retirement. What, how could your future be different if that's what you did, if you made those changes? And I, I think we just miss that dreaming part and we end up getting stuck. Young people end up getting really stuck in, you know, b- building their family, having a career, and they don't slow down enough to pay attention to what is this costing them today and in their future. Look, Doc G, I think some people could say you guys were naive going into this because we were two young people growing up in the city of Detroit, and we had a great opportunity that was presented, which we didn't know it was a great opportunity at the time, but we got to move, and we moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And anybody who's been to Phoenix, they talk about how pretty it is, how blue the skies are and white the clouds are. I think that created an environment for us to begin to daydream. Because it's easy to daydream when you're outside and things are beautiful and the sun is shining on your face and And it just created daydreamers in us that translated into how we chose to do life. And in doing that, we knew what we had and where we were starting wouldn't get us where we wanted to go. And so we knew that we had to put some things in place that were going to be different to get a different outcome. You know, it's that classic thing, do the same thing and expect a different result. And that's the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. And we knew that we weren't going to be two crazy people running around. Right. We were going to be some people who impacted our lives and took it in a direction that was going to create that dream that we were creating for ourselves. Chris, what happens when you're dreaming in opposite directions? I mean, you guys seem pretty aligned, but there are some couples who are polar opposites, like one likes to spend and one likes to save. One likes to go out, one likes to stay in. How do couples talk through those kind of scenarios? I think you're going to have couples that are always on different spectrums, you know, and in understanding one another, you know where your strengths are, you know where your your partner's weaknesses are. And sometimes you have got to give on your account. Compromise is a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be compromised with a capital C and not compromised with a small C because you have to make it important. And when you have things that are important, you put a little more emphasis on those things. And if Erica was one who, you know, didn't want to get on board, I've got to try and meet her where she is and not try and force feed her or force her to my position. And so any couple that's out there that's listening to this and they're like, well, this sounds like, you know, this can't work for me. It can work for anybody who chooses to apply it, who chooses to do it. Anything worth having is worth working hard for. And so sometimes it's going to be easy and sometimes it's going to be tough. And so you determining how to help move your partner or your spouse to that middle position, it may be just you compromising and not them compromising, but it helps them move to that position. And when they see what you're doing, if they're really committed to the relationship and they're in tune with you, they say, well, okay, well, they made this. This, you know, concession, maybe I can make a concession and hear what they're saying. And then they listen to it with a different ear. They see it with a different eye. Then they start to make a compromise. And then next thing you know, they're on the same path doing the same thing. And I think the other thing that is important to note is that nobody in a couple relationship is exactly the same. Like Chris and I, are, we we do have a lot that we agree upon, but there are times when we definitely disagree or he comes out of left field and says, uh, we're going to move, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on, back up, slow down. Let's figure this out. Um, so we have to remember that this is a person we love, we care for. We want them to succeed and thrive and whatever. And so one of the things that he wanted to go back and do is to go get his master's degree. And I wanted to support him, but I also knew that this was going to sort of be 
a little bit of a, either a detour. It's going to take a lot of time. He won't be able to be with the family quite a bit. I'm going to have to really just support him in that. And I might have to take on some of the other responsibilities at home because he had a lot of work to do. And I want to see him succeed, but I also know that it's going to be hard for all of us. And I want him to win. And so we have to remember who it is that we're with and why we're with them. The practical side, this is, you know, the number side of me coming out is that we need healthy boundaries. We don't have to say no to everything just because we disagree, right? I'm a nerd. I don't sometimes understand why Chris wants to spend a certain amount that he does on whatever it is, be it a bike or some shoes or whatever it is that's more expensive than what I would potentially pay. But let's put up some healthy boundaries. So let's say yes to the extent that we can, that it fits, but not so much that it takes us off our goals, right? So we don't want to say yes to dining out to the extent that it's going to ruin our chances of being able to meet our 401k, you know, limit for the year or whatever it is, right? We want to say yes reasonably, you know, because one's partner likes to dine out and that's, you know, a gifting that they have, like they that's where they get to relax and enjoy. So maybe it's once a week or maybe it's twice a week, but it's not every single day and it's taking you away from, where you really want to be financially. So I think it's important that that you establish what areas need healthy boundaries so that you can have that. That's a bit of your compromise that Chris was talking about because I think it's important that everybody knows that what it is that they desire is, is respected and valued in that partnership. We are talking to Chris and Erica Young. They have been married for 25 years and are the creators of the podcast For Better and Worth. We are going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, Purposeful cockpit-like driving position and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R-U-S-A.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, service key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com earn. That is linkedin.com E-A-R-N for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash earn and get started. Chris and Erica Young are the creators of the podcast For Better and Worth, where they teach that you don't have to sacrifice your relationship to build your net worth. Chris, we've been talking philosophical about your relationship, about how we bring up discussions about money into the relationship. I want to get to the tactical now. So there are a lot of people out there who haven't been married like me for 23 years or like you guys for 25 years, but are at the beginning of a relationship. How and when do they start bringing up the money conversation? I don't think there is a time that is too soon. 
if you're if you're in a dating situation before you get married, you have to have some fundamental conversations during that. You know, like how you're going to date, you know, is someone going to pay, you know, all the time? Are we going to go Dutch? I mean, that's a financial conversation that shows kind of philosophically how you're going to approach things. Because if I, as a man, if if Erica was always like, well, I expect you to pay for everything all the time. (laughs) You know, my money is my money. That tells me a lot about her mentality. And so I think early on, you have to start having some of those conversations. And when you reach a point where, you know, this isn't just, you know, us figuring each other out, but there's more to this. I think you have to sit down and say, okay, I think this is going somewhere. I want to check in with you and let's start talking about some of the tough things just to get it on the table and kind of get it out the way. People beat around the bush too much. And I think that they have to be more intentional about how they approach life and how they approach situations. And it can sound philosophical, but I think if people really approached it from a mindset that, okay, I want to be proactive. That's what I think people have to do is be proactive. And if you start having that conversation early on, then you can say, okay, well, you know, it's personal for me to tell you, you know, how much money I make right now or what my credit looks like. But let's just start with some of the things that we can agree to talk about. Like, do you want to have, you know, joint accounts or do you want to have single accounts or, you know, what do you think about, you know, being in debt? Like, what do you consider debt? Some people don't think a car note is debt. They just think it's a a pet that is around forever. (laughs) And so I think if you start to get some insight around how they think, how they approach things, see how they do their money now, all the signs are there. You know, and so I think uh, if you're young and you've gotten married and you've done some of those things, you need to start saying, "Okay, maybe we should have a monthly meeting to talk about where we're at as far as, you know, our debt, our income, our goals. And that's how you begin to build a fundamental plan or even not just so much a plan, create practices that help you in your relationship to move the relationship forward and move the money forward. Yeah. And I think that normalizing the conversation early makes it so much easier. If you're constantly from the beginning avoiding money conversations, there's more to that story. And so I honestly feel like a person who doesn't want to have the conversation to start off with needs to really do some internal reflecting on where that comes from. Why is it that I'm nervous or hesitant or reluctant to have those conversations before you have one? Because there's something there. Usually it's because we haven't been taught that. Usually it's because no one ever did that in our home. We don't know what that looks like. We're afraid of retaliation or what someone is going to think of us. And I think one of the biggest things we tend to miss when we're talking money is to set ground rules. So maybe to make life slightly more easy and to normalize these conversations, a tactic that you can use is to say, hey, you know what I need from you in this is just hear me out. Like, don't don't give me feedback. I don't want just just hear me out. Maybe another way that you approach it is I'm really nervous to tell you this, but I'm going to anyway because I value us and what we're building or I've never told this to anyone, so I really need you to be sensitive to that. Like if you preference the conversation with these these honest and transparent and authentic, you know, words that will let your partner know that this isn't easy, but I'm going to do it anyway because I value us and I know that it's important that you know this about me. And that will bring a bit of clarity. I think you know, we don't. I've gotten, I've gotten better at listening too. So yes, thank you. I, you know what? Honestly, this is because of him. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that that's a real practical, easy way. And then the other thing, oh, I always say this is, don't think that a money conversation has to go on all day. We are not mm. trying to have a money summit. We are answering <laughs> one question or two. We are setting a little bit of a mood and we're just going to let this be 15 to 20 minutes and then we move on because inevitably somebody is not going to want to be here all day. This is not going to be productive. You're going to be repeating yourself or overwhelming somebody and then you won't want to come back next week for another convo. 
Look, I don't want anyone to think that Erica and I have all this figured out. <laughs> we have many conversations to this day where she says something and I've learned to hold my face. You know, <laughs> I've learned to keep my poker face on and smile because, you know, sometimes I'm just like, huh, why do you think about it that way? And we can approach the same task, a simple task, and she does it one way and I do it. Well, why do you put the trash bag in the bag? In the trash canister like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you should do it like this. This is more efficient. Yeah, and I'm always right, so I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> and so I don't want anyone to think that we have it all figured out. But what we do have figured out is that we're committed to one another. And in being committed to one another, I have to give her some grace. She has to give me some grace. And then that allows us to create an environment that we can do other things and talk and, you know, want to still spend time with one another and not let money be a big division. What I hear you saying, Chris, is that no matter how perfect you are, and, and you guys certainly have the picture of perfect and from my eyes, but no matter how perfect we are, right, there's bound to be some disagreements. Unfortunately, money fights exist and they're common in relationships. I guess it begs the question, how do we fight fair? Like, how do we do this in a healthy manner? Because there are going to be disagreements. You know, Erica mentioned setting ground rules, right? Right. Things like that. So there, there's some things out there. What else can we do to to make sure that we are fair to our partner, even if we're disagreeing? You know, Erica and I have created what we just call a reset. And I think every couple, listen to me, every couple. <laughs> should create their own reset. And it has to be something that's just ridiculous. (laughs) You know, like Erica and I, when we are about to go off the rails and and things are getting, you know, where we're going to start, you know, uh, fighting unfair, you know, taking shots, we reintroduce ourselves to one another. We're like, hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. And we just shake hands and we know that, okay, this is it's serious now. Right, because it's ridiculous that we would reintroduce ourselves to one another because we clearly know each other well, but we're not behaving like we know mm. who the other person is. Exactly. And so with that reset, then we say, okay, we both take a breath and then we say, okay, what's really going on? You know, what, what's behind the way you're acting or behaving or what's behind you feeling the way you're feeling? And so I think if couples like take a reset when things are about to go, you know, you're dropping nuclear bombs and you're talking about people's mamas, and, <laughs> you know, it's like, OK, don't talk about my mama. because you know, you know, you know, Big Mary didn't play. Right. Right. And I think the other thing is in the moment, if someone is getting testy, their voice is raising, they're getting heated. Most of the time is because they don't feel heard. Hmm. They're getting louder because they don't feel heard. They're getting emotional because they don't feel heard. They, they're they getting testy or fighting unfairly because they don't feel heard. So if you endeavor to listen, to understand, and not listen to retaliate or respond, that is so much more helpful. And How you do this practically is to say, what I hear you saying is this. Did I get that right? Or I think I got it. Tell me in three words. You know what I mean? Like I I just making sure that you reiterate what it is you believe that you heard. Look them in the face. Put the cell phone down and pay attention because you want to be heard. And they want to be heard. But I I really, truly believe that most arguments, disagreements, elevation of the conversation, heated discussions come from someone feeling like they're not being heard. And if you can ensure that you even speak that language, do you feel you have been heard? Did I hear you correctly? Those kinds of things will bring to light whether or not there's truth. And then, you know, the other thing is sometimes I have to say, is this a good time? Is this a good time to go into this? Because if not, if there is a better time, let's figure out what that is. Because sometimes the timing is off and we're annoyed simply because we don't have time to get into this. And then we're, we're just annoyed by that. So make sure they're feeling heard. That's that's key. You know, I play I play sports. 
in high school and my early years of college. And I was on a team and we all had the same goal. It was the other team that was my enemy. Mm -hmm. And I think in relationships, the person that's sitting across the table from you is not your enemy. And so we said this on our podcast recently that you've got to, when, when, when I'm playing offense, she has to be playing offense. When I'm playing defense, she has to be playing defense. It's not I'm playing offense and you're playing defense because we're in opposition. And you have to remember that, okay, even if you just tell yourself same team, you know, because same team is indicating that we're on the same page. We want the same goals. We want the same outcome. And in in, in getting to those goals and outcomes, there may be, you know, different things that, okay, maybe they want a little bit more of this or I want a little bit more of that. And it's figuring out how it all works together, but we're on the same team. And that's where couples can go wrong because one's playing offense and one's playing defense. Chris, as I'm listening to this conversation, I realize it's complicated. And as financial experts, I figure we always want to jump in and say, oh, there's an easy solution, you know, just have a prenup. But I'm starting to get this idea that the prenup, while important and obviously something that all couples should consider, it won't necessarily solve all problems. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, a prenup probably needs to change over time as your situation evolves. Because a prenup is a snapshot of where you are when you get together. But let's say we get together and, you know... YouTube just goes crazy. <laughs> and now we have assets together. You know, we have things that we have built. And what if that surpasses what you had when you started? Mm-hmm. Then you have to consider changing things. And it is very complicated. Mm-hmm. People overcomplicate it sometimes and they can oversimplify it. And that's why it may sound philosophical, but I am a person that I believe in being fundamental. And fundamentals create, you know, routine and routine creates, you know, practice, rhythm, and you get into a way of doing things. You can't be intentional about doing something and then just haphazardly approach it. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that money is funny. Period. Done. Hard stop. It is. It's it's funny. It's it makes you feel uncomfortable. Here recently, I mean, we've been doing this together, doing life together for a long time, and we have achieved, you know, a level of financial success in our book, you know, how we define it. Um, we have more to go. We we still, we haven't arrived. But I have felt a vulnerability around shifts in my business, for instance, and how things are changing there. And if I'm being honest, that has created a whole different set of conversations that he and I have had to have that were uncomfortable, period. And so I think that to your point, like things change, people change. And how many times do we see stars, you know, contesting a prenup and all of that kind of stuff? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like in the course of life, there may be, there may need to be room to pivot if necessary and to make sure that we're still talking the same language. And that that's vital. I, I can't expect Chris to be the same human that he was 20 years ago. And neither should he expect it of me. When I turned 40, and yes, I'm admitting I'm over 40, but I'm not admitting <laughs> anything else besides that. But when I turned 40, there was something going on. I can't remember. But he said, you're getting ornery in your old age. And I said, ooh, I know what's happening here. Like I'm speaking up in a way that I probably haven't before. And um, I'm saying things that I probably wouldn't have allowed myself to do because I'm like, I'm grown now. Like there was something in me that a switch that flipped. And so he had to adjust to the new Erica, who was just a bit more vocal, if you will. Right. And I think and I, I liked her. I like that new, newer, improved version of her. And I think that that person is who is allowing me to shift in business and and show up in new ways and even do this podcast. I avoided podcasting for a long time. I actually was a guest on on yours and on others for many years because I avoided taking ownership of it. I just wanted to have conversations with other people, but I just think this new Erica is a person who was like, okay, I can put myself out here and not just allow someone else to lead that conversation. So I think you know, that part of building the relationship is also important to know that 
you shouldn't expect yourself or your partner to be the exact same 20 years later. Uh, it's it's funny how we are here today on a podcast talking about our podcast and these things that we've experienced because, you know, uh, Erica told me for years, she was like, we should do something together, you know, and I was like, well, you know, I, we'll get to that. You know, I'm I'm busy over here. And, you know, I just supported her and her business and I would go to events with her and just support her, take time off work from work and, you know, be there to support her. And I looked around and I was like, wait a minute these people are doing this. We can do this. <laughs> and so I think I just pushed her to say, you know what, we should just do it. <laughs> and I committed because I believe in the content. I believe in what she's doing. I believe we have something to offer. Yeah. And so it, it what's funny is I was like, we're going to do this podcast. <laughs> and then we just both jumped in on different sides, doing different things to try and make it successful. But it goes back to the same things we've been talking about. You know, she's out doing her thing and I'm supporting her. But then we came to an agreement to a point where we had to talk it through because she didn't want to do, you know, business with me because, you know, I, I, I'm the boss of a lot of stuff. Uh-uh, you know? And I'm the boss of this. No, I, I was about to say, uh, you know, you're thinking this and I'm thinking about what's my next question. And I was going to force you to answer who's the boss with just one word. But clearly you did that on your own. You know. I, I trust I trust Erica. And so I can I can follow her lead in things that she does extremely well and be humble and be supportive and not feel like I've been diminished at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. We don't diminish one another. I think that's maybe that can sum it up, Doc G. Like, don't diminish your partner. Don't diminish what they say. Don't diminish their dreams and their hopes. Let's figure out how to do this thing together because we can. We're we're both good at different things. And when it comes to like just the podcast, you know, there are things that I am really good at that Erica has zero interest in doing, but they are very important things that have to be done. Facts. And so I'm like, oh, I've got this because this is my, my lane. This is my wheelhouse. You do those things that, you know, are your lane, your wheelhouse, then we can them together and it's not diminishing either of us we're just like okay let's capitalize on our strengths yeah then we can succeed eric it sounds like what we're really talking about for better and worth these are a series of money conversations but what you guys are really talking about is couples therapy right (laughs) well unofficially (laughs) let's put the disclaimer out there and say um (laughs) we are not licensed or trained to help you on your relationship but those benefits will be seen. So listen in. And I'll say that it, it's really important to talk about how you move through a relationship if you're going to talk about how you move through money, because the two go hand in hand. I feel like they're synonymous. They're one and the same. You really can't do one without the other and be effective. Mm-hmm. And so that's why on the podcast, we share our real world life experiences that we've lived. And nobody can deny those lived experiences because there were two people that were there that saw it, that went through it. And if we can share that with the world out there and help others approach their relationships in a different way and get a different outcome, we're more than happy to do it. Well, Eric and Chris, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. I love the title for better and worth. And the reason why is, listen, I mean, Talking to you guys, listening to your podcast, you two are lovely. I mean, you sound like you're completely in lockstep. You've got it down. You know each other and you know what you're talking about. But I love this idea of for better and worth because it really points to the idea that this is work, right? This is grinding it out, working as a team, not giving up, not just walking away angry, but saying, look, we are in this together. And I think if you can look at your money and your relationship in this manner, you're ultimately going to be successful and celebrate things like your 25-year anniversary. I wanted to end this episode the way and every episode by asking you what is coming up next in your life and where people can find you. Erica, first you, what's coming up next for the For Better and Worth podcast? Ooh, exciting. Well, we're on every single Wednesday, so we'll have new episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can also find me on Economy Stage in March. Super excited about that event. And uh, 
we can, we're also, one of the things we're putting out here shortly in the next couple of weeks is a download on the reasons, the top reasons why couples aren't on the same page. And it's not what you think. So look, look for that on forbetterandworth.com. And Chris, if people want to ask you specific questions, is forbetterandworth.com the best way to reach you both? They can actually find us on Instagram at forbetterandworth. They can find Erica at Erica Young Official. And they can find me on Instagram at 1CBYoung. And they can make comments there. They can leave questions there. Or they can send questions through the email. But there's a number of ways to find us. And we will certainly try and get back to everyone. This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank Chris and Erica Young. That's a wrap. Earn and Invest is now part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to this show as well as other fine podcasts. All right. I keep things running. I record kind of the after show or a little bit of conversation afterwards. Um, fun. It was fun. You guys are incredible together. So I'm really excited about your podcast. You mesh really well. The conversation is incredibly fluent, informative. Um, I'm really was really glad to sign you up to be on the show and and i just thoroughly enjoyed that conversation um i think it's such a, such an important topic like how we talk about money within relationships yeah and i will say this has been my consistent thing since we started recording chris always says just keep pressing play we just keep pressing play so that we can continue keep to press and record or that's what it is that's what it is but for me, it, it is very therapeutic. We're now newly empty nesters and this is a, a new way we get to connect. So that thinking about our past or certain situations and all that kind of stuff has just really been therapeutic for me because these are probably things that we haven't talked about in a long time. So it's reflective and it's also fun to think about how far we have come as well. So that that part has been sort of that extra thing that I didn't know was going to happen. Yeah, I think being being uh, empty nesters now, it certainly is something for us to connect around, you know, because for so long you have kids and, you know, they are drivers around what you do, the mm-hmm. activities that you get into. And now this gives us an opportunity to give voice to things that you know we have lived and we as as believers we want to see people win yeah you know and we want to see people you know do the things do the hard things you know and and we say i keep saying you know uh progress over perfection because we're all works in progress yeah and none of us are perfect the only person that was perfect was jesus so we're gonna make mistakes and you know we're gonna make mistakes today tomorrow next week but we keep trying to make progress. And if people are willing to focus on that versus having to be perfect and do everything perfect. Or even having to be right. Yeah, they, they'll get they'll get much further. Yeah. Yeah, I love this idea. You know, the, the failing forward, right? We're going to make mistakes over and over again. But it's a difference when mistakes hold you up or push you backwards versus when you make mistakes and keep moving forward, which yeah. is, I think, the, I think with relationships, right, has to be the case because that's. Yeah. These are are long-term things, right? That's right. That's right. I can't wait, Erica, to see you up on the economy stage. Um, You know, I have tremendous respect for you. I've had you on the show a bunch of times. I've obviously known about you for years, but I've, you always, you always bring it at least every time I interact with you, you always come through and with exactly kind of the right things to say and very, very always well thought out, et cetera. So I, I, imagine that you're going to kill it up there on the stage and, and look excited. forward to look forward to seeing you and I'll be there in person, of course. So hey, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We have a table read this week. So um, I'm excited about, you know, just kind of talking with the other yeah. people and, and getting some feedback. I, so beforehand. here's the thing. Let me stop this so I can give you. So I need to give you the thing here. Right. Okay. 
It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. You care about your money. Of course you do. So why aren't you listening to SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts.